Welcome to Learning Together, a Prairie South podcast hosted by Logan Petlack. This is episode four, the Prairie South Virtual School, featuring Jeff Bolton and Charmaine College. Okay, so hi. Today's energy is brought to you by a big old cup of water and and some coffee as well. I'm very... I think it was a Kirkland breakfast blend K-cup, breakfast blend K-cup, uh, but it might have been a Van Hout dark roast, one of the two, with a nice little homebrew, homebrew coffee kind of. None of them are sponsored still, but uh, shout out this time to my wife's mom for giving us some of those extra coffee pods to help us start off the days with a cup. Thanks, Lorna. Welcome back. It's episode four, as I said in the intro. Um, currently, we're recording, and, and you might be listening to this in December 2021, but Boom, like all of a sudden it's midway through December and just like that, first first long stretch of the year is wrapping up and we're creeping into holiday time for us. So, yeah, you, you made it. Um, feedback from people about the most recent episode, which was our one with the advocacy and behavior consultants. But And I've heard a lot of feedback on it and all positive, all really good. And it helps that I'm in the same building as the last guest. So, like, there's a little bit more. Everybody wants to listen to hear what everybody else in the learning department wants to sound like. But uh, really got wonderful feedback. Uh, some people said they were laughing with us at times. And, yeah, as, as as I've always been saying through any of these, it's wonderful to get more feedback from people. So keep the feedback coming. Um, and more and more people are getting chances to listen to episodes too. So it's awesome. Keep the information coming, y'all. Uh, what is up for this episode? The school spotlight, department spotlight, school spotlight for this episode is we're going to be talking about virtual school, Prairie South Virtual School. Um, so what is it? What is Prairie South Virtual School? You Basically, what it is is uh, Prairie South Virtual School. Who knew? Okay, that's it. Roll the interview, Logan. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> this is me laughing at my own joke now, so hopefully I got somebody to smile at least. Anyway, Prairie South Virtual School. Um, basically, with it, you like now you can take the entirety of elementary and secondary school online. Um, in Prairie South Virtual School. So all the classes that are required to graduate are available in virtual school. Uh, they got a bunch of other electives and options for courses as well. Um, I think the high school has something like 60 different courses available, including grade 9 courses. But I, So it's like, I don't know, 50 grade 10 to 12 course, courses. Um, and I guess two years ago, uh, it expanded to include elementary options for virtual school as well. And I'll save some of the further details for that. Personally, I, I got to work a little bit in the elementary side of virtual school last this past year, doing a little bit of grade seven, uh, science and math. Um, but I guess like, and, and I en emphasize at the end of the interview, but I, I really need to point out or emphasize the value that virtual school has for students who um, may sometimes have physical needs that in-person learning can make more difficult, or perhaps there's some reservations um, students and families might have for in-person learning. And I mentioned that specifically with COVID uh, causing varying degrees of concern. Um, but yeah, basically like what, what it did for uh, uh, a lot of different families and stuff is provided a safer option for education. And I, I mentioned that as well. Like I, I mentioned physical needs that may be unmet or like not unmet, but uh, more difficult in for in-person learning, but also for immune compromised individuals and families as well. Um, so Virtual school, as we kind of get into it, presents its own unique challenges and benefits that we talk about in the interview. But um, 
it, it really does add a, a, a degree of versatility um, and a lot of options for different students throughout Prairie South and, and sometimes even students who are outside of Prairie South too, as you'll, as you'll hear in the interview. But uh, in general, there's about 20 teachers in uh, teaching in virtual school. Um, and I think over 350 students. We'll see. Maybe if Jeff listens to this. Uh, sorry, Jeff Bolton, who is one of our guests. He can he can confirm that for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, our interview is with uh, the administrators of Prairie South Virtual School, which is Jeff Bolton and Charmaine Collins. And I will, I will save it at that. We're actually going to go over to the interview now. I hope you enjoy it. Um, I, it, was, it was a lot of fun talking and uh, reminiscing with both Jeff and Charmaine. So here we go. Hope you enjoy it. Okay, so hello, our guests today. We have Jeff Bolton and Charmaine College of the Virtual School in today. Uh, to give a little uh, brief overview of Bolt, Jeff, we'll start with you, if that's okay. Bolton, alphabetically, B first, if that's all right. Sounds good. Okay, um, so, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm sure, I, even with, like, the written component, I'm sure I will make mistakes. Um, but, uh, so, Jeff uh, has his Bachelor of Arts in Mathematics, and then a B.Ed. with a major math, minor in Science. He's got his Master's in Curriculum Instruction. Was that all from the U of R? It's all from the U of R. All the U of R, Okay. And a focus on distance learning with that curriculum and instruction. So good fit for virtual school, obviously. Uh, Jeff's been at it for a while. 27th year of teaching. I uh, started off in Ben Goff. Ben Goff, right? That's how I pronounce it? That's right. Okay. Um, doing some math and physics. Uh, worked his way over to Peacock for a little while. Then started doing some physics 30 online with the Ministry of Education. Then did some curricular consulting for a while. And now has been the principal of virtual school in Prairie South for the past six years. Charmaine... Um, is just been the vice principal of the virtual school for the past. This is year two, right? Yes. Okay. Um, originally from Eston, not from around here. Eston's out by Kindersley, right? I'm right. Like, okay. Like that, like Western-ish yes. part of Saskatchewan. Okay. All right. Um, then went to U of R as well. Bachelor of Arts, Bachelor of Education degree. Then landed at Lindale and Moose Shaw. Was there for eight years, if I remember. Yeah. yeah. And then ended up being consultant, and that's how you and I met. Right. Um, and then, yeah, as I said before, settled into being a vice principal at the virtual school as, as well now. So long intro. Um, well, well, uh, both of you, I, I, I guess I'll go to, like, the thing that I want, wanted to mention, too, that was uh, part of So, Jeff, you got Jay and Jordan. Yep. Kiddos. Um, and Charmaine, you got flames and boomerang, right. the cattos, but Jeff also has cats. So I want to acknowledge first before, like, I, sorry, this is a lot of me talking to start off, but like fellow cat people. Very much so. We're yes. good. Okay. So this is a safe space here. And I guess to work in as well, Jeff, uh, you do a lot of work with skills, skills Canada as well. Yeah. Yeah. Over the past, oh, since 99, okay. I got involved with skills back when I was teaching at Peacock okay. Collegiate. Yeah. And, and I've been involved with skills then. That involved your trips like to Dubai and stuff like that, right? Or is that yeah, related? That's all related. Yeah. So it started off just with my high school students, uh, getting them involved with web design and competing provincially at the S Skills Canada Saskatchewan um, competition. And then I had students win provincially and took them to nationals. And at nationals, they competed against other students from each province and territory. And at that point in time, I got involved with national skills, promoting uh, web design uh, to all uh, post-secondary and secondary institutions across Canada and trying to um, get excitement with my own students at Peacock Collegiate. 
And uh, yeah, and so I've been involved provincially and nationally uh, since 99. And I uh, had an opportunity in 2003 to get involved with World Skills to apply uh, to the expert position for Canada, represent uh, Canada on the, at that stage. And uh, every two years, I uh, was involved up until 2017 with World Skills. So got some traveling in, uh, trained students from across Canada, right from UBC to um, Bathurst, New Brunswick, and uh, been very fortunate to take students from Canada overseas and get to meet other educators and business people in the industry and work with them and talk with them. And so it's uh, been very fortunate um, to have the support uh, from a family and uh, as well as the school division and uh, get involved and bring it back into the, my classroom. So it's been, it's been a, it's been a great experience. So, like the, the, so if that's not 1999. Is that when you said you kind of like got your, your feet wet with it, right? Like yeah. that, that's, that's a 2021 right now coming to the end. Like that is a wealth of experience in like web design. And like, obviously you've lived in the virtual world for quite some time and that's been a passion for you. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. It's been, uh, been, uh, a great experience and and um, get to see the world in the in the process and a lot of educators I've worked with uh, in Moose Jaw and in the school division have been involved with skills uh, provincially and also nationally. There's there's quite a few people from from Moose Jaw that sit on the national board and promote their skill trades and technology. Okay, and to to throw it back over to Charmaine and I missed this in the intro as well, but you completed your Master's of Educational Technology from the University of British Columbia and that was like online, right? Correct. Um, but like, and so I can't emphasize like there is like the, the pedigree of virtual school instruction is here as well. And Charmaine as well, you also helped run the EdTech team, Google summits in Moose Jaw. No, was it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was EdTech team. Yeah. So I actually went to a couple of them first, uh, it would have been hmm, 2017 ish. And, and that's actually where my passion for educational technology really took off. And having gone to these summits, I realized it was something that we were kind of missing in our school division. And so I worked with my administrator to bring a couple of summits to Moose Jaw and to Prairie South. Okay. And they were really good. I really enjoy. I particularly like the, like, Tech Jam. I can't remember what it's called at the end where everybody, like, shows their their tool jam or whatever the heck it is. That it's like, what is it called again? Yeah. uh, It's like a slam of some kind, but I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ed Tech Slam or something like that. But, yeah. Um, and it was at Peacock the last time, but that was, yeah. Um, so once again, like very much emphasizing to our listeners, like they both working in virtual school now and like both having a, a wonderful portfolio of expertise in virtual school. So thank you again for coming in. Um, so you, uh, I'll, I'll direct this to both of you. So you both got involved in education. Um, both ended up going this distance slash virtual school route. Um, why education to start with and why did it eventually se- segue into that? out of and whoever wants to get after it first. Yeah, so I got involved in education. It was something that I'd always kind of been involved in growing up. Like my first job was working as like an assistant teacher in a dance studio. So it was kind of what I always had a passion for. And so moving into the educational field always felt like a very natural fit. I always always wanted to make a difference in kids' lives and kind of be their go-to person. So education was a good place to kind of have that, that space. And then in terms of like moving into an administrator role, uh, you know, when the elementary side of the virtual school became an option, became something they were going to open up, it 
again, was a very natural fit for me. I had already been very focused on incorporating educational technology in my own classroom. That was already a strength of mine. It was already my forte. And so to be able to move into the virtual school and take on a leadership role and help create the elementary side and really lead staff and families through a virtual school experience was something I was very, very excited for. Uh, and I, and Jeff, I guess, like, we'll come back to that education piece too, but I, I know it was something that, um, at least from what I remember, something you were pushing for for a long time was virtual school to ex expand into the elementary to start offering this distance education, but... I guess to, to reel that back for a sec, what was, what was your journey to getting into, I guess you kind of, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you know, when I started off, uh, when I left high school, uh, teaching was not something I wanted to get into. Uh, I came from a family of teachers, and I realized that I didn't want to do that. <laughs> Even though they, they really enjoyed their careers, and it was very positive at that time, I was more into the maths and science. And so I spent a couple of years yeah, at U of S in electrical computer engineering. And after my second year, I realized it was only going to get harder and I had given it everything I, I got and, and it wasn't working out the way I wanted it to. So I had some decisions to make. And at that point in time, I decided to transfer my credits over to U of R, uh, start a different program and uh, get into education because, you know, reflecting back after a couple of years of university, thinking back about what my family did, uh, their experiences in education, I thought maybe it's not so bad. Maybe grass is, is, is pretty green on that side. So I, I went that route. Um, I worked for the university for SIFC. I tutored, really enjoyed working with adults and students uh, in math and sciences. And uh, yeah, and, and then went that route. Um, and, and so all four of us, my sister and both my parents are, are educators, uh, administrators, and uh, so it's a, it's a family of teachers. And you married an educator. And I married an educator. That's right. Shout you out bet. to Shelly. Uh, miss you over at Central there, Shelly. So, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and sorry. So, Charmaine, you kind of mentioned this um, in terms of like the opportunity coming up with uh, the administrative position at virtual school, which happened, I guess, like as a result kind of of COVID helped, I guess, force that along because there was a need to help reach students at home. But I guess, why why did the transition into becoming an administrator become part of that process too? Was that part of the vision at first for both of you? At first, no. At first, I just wanted to work in the virtual school. I was like, that is my jam. That is me to a T. And then, yeah, just kind of with the creation of the elementary side, it brought forth an opportunity to step into a, into a leadership role. And for me, I was looking for a little bit of a change. So initially, going into a virtual realm was that change. But when the administrator position became open, I saw an opportunity to kind of take my, my skills from my master's and really start applying them. Right. right. Yeah, and so f and for me, um, when the whole virtual school became about, uh, we had been talking about setting up a virtual school for Prairie South for quite some time. A lot of uh, teachers in Prairie South were working for the ministry's correspondence school teaching online. We were teaching our own students along with students throughout Saskatchewan. And through our discussions, we decided this was the route to go. We need to form a virtual school. We need to have our structures in place with an administrator. And at that time, I thought this would be a good fit for myself, uh, teaching online. And at that time, there was some administrative roles within the school division, getting involved, um, and, and my master's as well. Uh, most of my classes, even it was curriculum instruction, most of them were done in education administration. And so I took on that role 
uh, to form the virtual school, get things rolling, and uh, yeah, enjoy working working with uh, staff. And and then last year, as Charmaine mentioned, with the expansion of our elementary area, it uh, it was needed. We needed a vice principal to to manage the registrations for elementary and to assist with elementary school teachers. So we worked together, uh, partners at this at this job, and uh, yeah, that's how that's how that came to be. I, I guess to walk back this too, I like the I like the difference in the, both of your like journeys to getting there too. Like the, obviously some very similar threads and passions and stuff in terms of the post secondary uh, additional learning that you both pursue. But like Jeff, from your end of like the, I had no interest in teaching family and teach sort of thing to like Charmaine's like it was something I always wanted to. I love like still got to the same place and still both like and I I say this sincerely like. You're spoken of very highly from people that you work with and stuff as both very kind, kind leaders in our division to work with. So um, regardless of the journey, similar destination and uh, both, both wonderful people to work with. But um, so so with both of you being administrators for virtual school, like both of you teach as well in addition to where uh, to, to, to just doing that administrative role. And I guess. How, how is the division of labor between the two of you for it? And what is kind of like the day in the life like when you're not only doing the administrative stuff, but also having to prep and teach and work with your kids and kind of be on call more 24-7 maybe than a regular classroom teacher might be? Yeah, so for me, I teach 50% of the time. So my days are split kind of half and half. I either teach in the morning or teach in the afternoon and then kind of dedicate the other half of the day to working in the administrator role. So... Um, a typical day for me, half the day I'm on Zoom with my class, so I teach grade 7, mostly grade 7, with like ELA science, social, a little bit of health, I have a little bit of health with the grade 8s as well, uh, and then the other half of the day it's popping in to do some classroom visits, I tend to focus a lot more on the elementary side because I do come from an elementary background, uh, and I always tell Jeff, you know, let me know if there's anything I can help you with at the, with the high school, but we've kind of, we've kind of worked within our own strengths. So um, I tend to do a lot of work with the elementary teachers, you know, popping in, visiting their classrooms, seeing how things are going in there, getting to know the kids in their, in their classrooms too, because when you're all in a distance learning environment, you don't see all of the students in your student body unless you're in other teacher Zooms, <laughs> right? They're not just roaming the halls, you're not saying hello as they come in the door, that type of thing. Uh, so I try to spend a lot of time popping into, into classrooms. And then, uh, you know, a lot of calls with families, sometimes meeting with them, whether it's over Zoom or in person. Uh, a lot of tech support <laughs> goes into, into this role as well, especially, you know, all the families are trying to join from their own space. And there's a whole range of tech glitches that can happen on their end. So trying to alleviate some of those frustrations and help work through that as well. Um, you know, we're having, having meetings, monitoring attendance, monitoring, prog monitoring progress, uh, preparing for staff meetings, that type of thing. So. Got it. Okay. And I guess, like, with, with the tech support thing, like, I think of, uh, like, I feel like the learning consultant and the introduction of my school staff probably helped prep a lot for that in terms of doing some tech support with teachers, too. But um, is, is some of that tech support, I guess, beyond, and this is me, like, talking with some of the IT guys and stuff today and just what I know of, like, that tech support goes far beyond just the turn it off and turn it back on again. Like, it's pretty complicated, or? Uh, it depends. A, a lot of things are just connection issues, or everyone's joining on a different device, so it's also learning how programs run, whether you're on a tablet or a laptop or a Chromebook or a desktop or that type of thing, so. Got it. Okay, and so, Jeff, so 
by inferring from there more the high school and that on you how does how does it look for you yeah so there's going to be some common commonalities there but the one thing at the high school level it's asynchronous so our students are learning independently uh, there's no synchronous session so I'm not meeting with students one or through a classroom via zoom if I utilize zoom it's meeting with students one-on-one to help explain a concept or to do troubleshoot something tech-wise um, but every day is going to look a little bit different. Um, responding, obviously getting, getting up, responding to emails, phone calls. Uh, that's probably the first thing that I'll do in the, in the morning. Um, registration is, is ongoing. We have continual registration in the virtual school. So students will be registering, making sure that they get into the classes, checking prerequisites, making sure that I'm not overloading staff. So checking their schedules, uh, checking with Charmaine on elementary student registrations and see if we've got space for them and, and when we can integrate them, when's a good time. Following up with schools and seeing about the student, um, where they fit in, uh, what supports that they require, and uh, supporting staff. You know, a lot of it is dealing with student engagement at the high school level, so we either have students that are highly engaged, some not so much, and it's about working with our students to get them to be successful online. And so phone calls to families and students to encourage them to get working or setting up a schedule, um, just doing different things to uh, different levels of intervention to get them to be successful. And um, yeah, I work closely too with Jamie Mann. She's great at, at managing our spreadsheets and registration and Oh, all sorts of, uh, of technical things that she does for us that uh, helps us do what we need to do. And uh, instructional support, we're constantly redoing our courses, revamping them, whether it's a curricular change or a new course offering. So our staff are developing new, new things, and we're taking a look at how to do things maybe a little bit differently and, and better for our students. So I work with staff uh, quite often in the course redevelopment parts. Um, like this right now, we've got seven courses that are being fully developed. Um, Brennan Peterson is working on our CWX courses. And, <clears throat> excuse me, Pam Windrum is working on our Psychology 2030 courses. And Judy Samoleski is working on our, our, they're no longer called Cosmo, Cosmo 2030 classes. They're moving into hairdressing and aesthetics 2030. So, yeah, we're, we're developing those, and so there's the course development I help out with on the technical side, they're okay. doing the curricular side. Okay. Yeah. And the, the high, sorry, the high school, is that mostly through, I, sorry, I had a couple questions, but uh, and I think we'll come back to this one later, but is that through Moodle? It that, is. Okay, and yep. I guess for listeners, like Moodle is a learning management system, right? And Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the software that we use, it's open source software, and high schools throughout Saskatchewan, including both of our post-secondary levels um, at university, U of R and U of S, both use it for their online courses. So it's very flexible. Uh, We put all of our videos, our notes, uh, discussion topics, forms, quizzes, exams within this this environment. And uh, so students can log in and access the courses anywhere at any time. And so it provides that huge level of flexibility there's a great app that works on their phones that they can access the course or, or their laptops. Okay. 
And I like it that you mentioned the overlap to the U of R and the U of S as well, because that, that is something that uh, there is that nice almost preparatory aspect that can exist for students that are involved with the virtual school as well from the high school level. You are getting prepared for some of the ways in which you'll be interacting with your course materials at the, the university as well. So, Yeah, post-secondary or even uh, industry, right? Okay. There's, there's training. I work with developers um, through Manitoba Hydro, BC Hydro, uh, that do all their course development within their companies to do training. So when employees come into the workplace, uh, they do all their modules independently. So we see this in the workplace. We see it in education. And it's the platform. It's free, right? Yeah. And it's it works well. And people develop it globally. And uh, it, it's just a, it's a great environment to house uh, independent learning resources. Okay. And... I, I like to, like you mentioned that it's free and something like for, for anybody listening that isn't necessarily like part of the, the virtual digital world, and this is me like dipping my toe in it because I'm not as deep into it as both of you are, but like that open education piece and like open source content and like um, that's almost like a philosophy of sorts that kind of exists in the virtual world that like um, I would say like a lot of educators that I work with like are very much like almost giving and there is this online community that exists of like, um, I don't, like I, I mentioned Audacity is like an audio editing software that's also open source and like people all contribute and help adjust and stuff like that. That It's this cool thing that I, I, I don't know, in my opinion, kind of exists that like open education is almost this like kind of backdoor thing almost or not backdoor, but like underlying philosophy to like sharing and being connected with others, despite not that face to face meeting necessarily. Um, Charmaine, to pop it over to you. So, Jeff, you mentioned asynchronous and the, the short version to that is uh, like not meeting face to face or live. That's right? correct. Yeah. Um, Elementary is synchronous sessions, correct? Which would be more face-to-face regular meetings on Zoom or Google Meet or something. So um, how does that, I guess, look for you? And to use that phrase, learning management system, you're not using Moodle. What are you using? Yeah, so on our, in our elementary end, we're mostly using Google Classroom. Our primary kids, our grade one, two students use Seesaw as their platform. It's just a lot more interactive and easier for the little ones to use. Uh, But yeah, our elementary uh, classes all meet at regular intervals on Zoom. So they meet with their teacher and their classmates face-to-face over Zoom. They have instruction. They get a chance to connect with each other. They might work together with like a small group or a partner. Uh, And then they're also given a little bit of asynchronous time to go work on assignments. Um, You know, that varies on the age level or grade one, one, two, not quite as much as say the grade seven, eight class. But uh, and then their, their teachers are there. So. Um, at some points they're pulling certain students to work with them one-on-one or in a small group. At other points they're on Zoom and some kids are staying in Zoom to work and are asking questions. Other kids are going to work and then coming back in if they need help or they find they're struggling with something. Um, But yeah, Google Classroom is kind of our our main platform that we use and Seesaw. Okay, okay. And I... To, to come back to this a bit too, so last year having uh, got the opportunity to work in virtual school from the elementary side, but being like a historically high school educator, Jeff, how thankful were you to get Charmaine? Like from what I understand, you didn't have any elementary back, and it is a different, it's a different beast, right? I get it beast is. isn't the right word for elementary <laughs> kids, but shout out to elementary teachers because as someone in high school going into elementary, you do so much, like not that I underestimated, I, I underestimated it. I 100% under, there's so much at work in elementary that you just don't see in a high school. But yeah, sorry, Jeff, I cut you off. No, you're, you're completely right. When last year, when we were faced with COVID and we needed to expand into the elementary area, uh, that was a question I had as like, am I 
setting this up? Am I helping these teachers? Because without any experience, um, I have to say I would be useless. <laughs> um, and so when, when I was told that Charmaine was going to be the vice principal of the virtual school, I was like, yes, this is good. Um, we can work together. I knew Charmaine because she taught my children. So it worked out really well. I thought this was a great fit uh, because we need, well, you know, administration team is about supporting our staff. Our staff are fantastic. And, and our, our role is just what do you need to do what you need to do? And, and I thought that's something I lack a lot on. And so it's been awesome having Charmaine in VP position and having the expansion of the elementary area because it just adds, it adds to our school and I've learned so much. So, um, you know, I'm nearing the end of my teaching career and I'm learning every day new things. And this is fantastic. This is, this is why I'm an educator because it's, it's just a great thing. Keeps you fresh. It does. I, and I'll point there, there's no video for this, but the beard looks really good too, Jeff. <laughs> just so you know. I'm going for the Santa look. <laughs> Um, so you mentioned COVID and that response to you and, uh, virtual like elementary coming out of this. So, so what's been a big challenge, I guess, in the past. And like, obviously that's been the, the backdrop to all the challenges that we've been facing, but in terms of virtual school in general, what is a big challenge that you regularly face or in the past year, maybe specifically what's been a big challenge? Yeah, for, for me, I think one challenge is just creating that school culture when you're in a distance learning school. Um, kind of like I mentioned earlier, you know, you don't see your student body every day. You don't even see your own staff every day. So kind of finding opportunities to build that and build camaraderie amongst staff and also building kind of a positive culture amongst students and their families. Um, it's, it's something that we, we are always challenged with. So, you know, we've been experimenting with things here or there and are, are working on it and we're building it, but it's, it's definitely a lot more challenging when you're meeting over a computer screen or in the high school completely asynchronous on how you create that culture. Right. right. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that, that the communication aspects of our job, it's what we're, we're in the job of communication. Uh, everything's online. So it is more challenging having that, that space between us. Zoom's brought us together. It's been a great tool. And um, I know for the high school end of it, because of the students and being out of school, the challenge has been to find student spots in, in the school. Uh, we're operating at capacity, and uh, we have lots of students every day that want to come and join classes, and what we do our best to find them that spot. And in certain cases, that might be if a class is completely full, uh, like beyond full, then we are looking at our partners with other school divisions uh, to do online classes. And so throughout the provinces sketch, and there's a lot of virtual schools that each of the school divisions have, and we all work together collectively to find, you know, spots for our kids and that, and we may need to be purchasing courses from other divisions. Uh, they purchase from us. We purchase from them. It's just, that's what we do. Okay. Okay. So, and I guess to, to ask about that quick, um, what is, like, is there age limitations on who can access virtual school? Like, is it students just exclusively then in the Prairie South region that are, like, all students are capable of accessing virtual school? But um, I, it popped in my head, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly what you meant, but, like, there's students at Peacock Collegian and Assiniboia Conf and stuff that are taking classes online, too. So I guess what, is, what does access look like, and are there limitations to it uh, across Prairie South? Or beyond, I guess, too. Yeah, our, our first and foremost... Uh, objective is to provide the services to Prairie South students uh, in school. 
And that's the, the, those. That's our main client base, whether you're rural or urban. Now, our rural areas is our, our first priority. And so when you take a look at a registration system, we provide, you know, basically the month of May to allow students from a rural area to select their classes. Once we've finished up through May, then we get into June. And in a very short period of time, we offer the classes to our city schools that have typically are bigger and have more access to, to their schools classes. And then we move from Moose Jaw and um, our, our larger centers to school divisions and students throughout the province. And there's really no um, cap on those students' ages or limits. Um, we, we bring in adult learners. Uh, and again, it's about maximizing the capacity of our classes. So we always take a look at uh, you know, what, how many students we have left. And then what we do is we top them up with students from outside. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and they can be, we've had students that have been in their mid forties. Okay, cool. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Okay. So if I'm like, if I need to take introduction to power engineering, which is one of your babies, right? That's right. Um, in 10 years from now, and I decide that I'm done with it, done with teaching and stuff, I, I could maybe be applying for that. Okay. That's right. Okay. I might not be there in 10 years though. That's good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so, and I, Charmaine, to come back to what you mentioned is one of those challenges there too, and like building that community, um, like Zoom and Jeff, you mentioned Zoom being a very powerful tool for helping make those connections and community and stuff. But thinking back to when I taught virtual school briefly there last year, um, like students not having their cameras on, like that is something that is a barrier to like helping make those connections. It does go a long way just to be able to see other people and stuff as well. But I, I feel like the way you presented, like you mentioned some opportunity or like different strategies to approach with building the community in your classroom. How does that kind of look or what are some strategies maybe that you've tried out to do? Yeah. If, if I, sorry, if heaven forbid we all get sent home again. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what's, what's, what's some tips, I guess, to, to help build the community online? Yeah. We're just trying to create more opportunities for students to get to know each other because we find the more comfortable they are with each other, the more... Um, comfortable they are with turning on their camera and keeping their camera on and that type of thing. So kind of creating opportunities for them to spend time together. Um, so we've we've tried like a, a whole elementary school assembly even, which was something we did not venture into at all last year. That was, it was a little nerve wracking this year to, to try it out, but to know that we can bring everyone together and it went okay. So we're looking at doing more kind of whole school or whole elementary side um, events like that. And we've got, like, some reading buddies set up now that, okay. you know, students can kind of get to know other students in other classrooms as well. Because, again, when you don't have a hallway or a recess or anything like that, they don't even know who else is attending virtual school. Um, coming up in December, you know, we've got, like, a kind of a grade one to four Christmas craft going on and then a grade five to nine, like, baking night with families. So, Sweet. yeah, we're, we're trying to kind of create create some culture even outside of just the academic realm. Okay. And I guess, like, and diverse students, like, I, it's not in general, like, it's not all just students that maybe have some tech expertise and preference there, but I, I think of an app um, or program like Discord and stuff as well that, like, as someone who is in just like the regular classroom and you think of the socialization that happens in the hallways and recess and those regular meeting areas where everybody interacts, it's, it's interesting or, um, it is, it's an additional challenge that you need to like account for to help facilitate those things and make that stuff happen because it just doesn't happen regularly. And it's something that's very critical to school and, and 
don't know, working and seeing with other people. So the reason why I name dropped Discord is because I remember last year, like some of the students were meeting afterwards to play games and stuff together. Right. That is, uh, there's some community building that happened right there too. So so very cool. And I, I like the bake sale. If you have extras, um, <laughs> you let me know. Um, okay, so I have their subject areas you're currently teaching. I already kind of name dropped power engineering there, Jeff, for you. Is yeah. there anything else right there? Is that the... I do the power engineering uh, fifth class, and that spans the entire year, as well as computer science 30. Yeah. Okay. And that, um, just to be clear, like the, the power engineering stuff, there's a little bit of like an on-site piece to it as well that the students do, but it really, like, it, you, you can walk out of it almost like onto a work site essentially afterwards, right, and start getting set for your career from that power engineering course? That's right. Uh, we have had students in that position where they've completed their fifth class, uh, wrote, wrote their papers with TSASC. They're the provincial body that does the licensing for power engineers. They've passed their exam. Uh, then they've gone on to work and starting collecting their steam time towards their next level of certification. So, and students have left the program starting with a very good salary. And we've had other students um, take their fourth class in grade 12 and complete their fourth class in grade 12. And they've left um, with a potential job offer making more than I do out of grade 12, which is mind-blowing yeah yeah and and so you know my, my goal I guess is to work with students get them excited about power engineering give them an opportunity take two classes towards grade 12 if they decide that that's not for them great you know they've had the opportunity to take a look at it and take a look at some of the other trades that are involved such as chemtech welder millwright uh, machinist electrician so various trades in the supporting areas in the power plants throughout the province with SAS Power. Uh, the students spend 50 hours each semester working either in the plant or mobile lab and getting that um, understanding of the theory of the course. So the theory is done online and then they go spend this time uh, with shift operators at the plant and power engineers in the mobile trailer and that's where the learning really takes place. Right. And uh, yes, yeah, students realize very quickly if power engineering is for them or if it isn't. And we've had a lot of students have gone on and are working in the industry. We have four of our students right now are working at Poplar River in Cornac. They're, they're fully employed and, and, and moving up the ladder. So Making that's, more than us already. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a very lucrative career. It's not for everybody, but it's, a, it's just a great experience in a high school to do in a career exploration like that. Um, you know, there's the post-secondary, we work very closely with all the post-secondary colleges throughout the province, and they like our students to go to their schools because they've been vetted. They've had the experience. They realize power engineering is for them, and the retention rate is great right. because that's what they want to do. They know. Uh, other students that don't have the experience go into post-secondary, spend a year, spend a lot of money, and then withdraw from the right. program because they realize this isn't for them. So it saves families a lot of money, post-secondary costs, and it gives students a really good um, foot in the door with SAS Power because SAS Power loves the program. They want to hire these students. They want to support them throughout uh, their, their process of learning and their education and employ them. Uh, that's what that's, they're trying to build from within. They want students in Saskatchewan to stay and work at their power plants. Yeah. Okay. And I... I let, like if we, if we got students listening, like consider that like I love that you mentioned all the other like different um, trades that are at work within that too because it's like it, there is a, there is a lead in there and to your point like it is it's it's something that looks good from the post secondary end of it too because yeah that retention piece is huge and like technically is more money in their pocket from the tuition side of it as well if they're retaining those students as well so yeah um, 
Charmaine, you did grade seven last year. Uh, what, what do you got going on this year? Yeah, I'm grade grade seven again this year. Straight grade seven? Straight grade seven for okay. most things, except for health. On, right. on Fridays, I kind of have the grade eights join us. We kind of do a seven, eight health class, and then we split off a little bit and do just seven, just eight. But the rest of it is all seven. Okay. Um, so, and I we kind of touched on this a little bit, um, but I, I want to, like, I guess this might, like, wrap up the administrative piece, but... As administrators for both of you, what's like, what would you clarify, or sorry, what would you consider like your personal style or approach to leadership? And from what, I, from what I've gathered so far, like Jeff, you mentioned like, just I'll give the resources to all your teachers to put them in the best position to be successful. What is, I guess, like a governing ideology to that? Or is there anything you can kind of expand on that a little bit for both of you? Well, it's, when we first started the virtual school, there was a very small number of us. And so We've always built from within. We've we've sat down and taken a look at the structures of the school, uh, and collectively come up with ideas of how this should be managed. And so over the years, I've relied heavily on my staff to give feedback on how things are working, and you know diff- different ideas that they've experienced. And and collectively, we've built over the years the structure of the virtual school, and. So I, I can't take credit for any of it. It's, it's basically my staff working together and us sharing different commonalities of how this whole virtual school works. Um, I'm there as an administrator to support the staff and encourage them um, on what they need to do. And they're, they're all professionals, so they, they do what they need to do on a daily basis. Um, I, I value what they do. Uh, I, I'm a teacher, so I'm teaching online with them. Uh, I'm experiencing a lot of the similar issues that they experience. And so I'm there to, to support them and obviously support our families, parents, and students. And so it's about, you know, taking all that information in. And, and the end result is that we want students to be successful online and provide opportunities for all of our students. So, um, you know, our rural students have access to our physics and calculus and hairstyling and aesthetics courses, like all sorts of opportunities there. And, and we want to provide that in a, in, a, in a way that sets them up for success and, you know, develops the skill sets that they need. And with the, you know, the addition of our, of our elementary school, um, you know, it's the, the leadership role basically is, is to just, you know, provide that level of support and, and um, you know, work col- collaboratively together. I'm thinking the the collaboration piece is huge. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna, going to say the exact same thing. Like, I feel like I'm, like, if I had to give it, like, a term, it's not, like, an official term, but, like, a collaborative coach is how I feel. Like, okay. you know, I'm, I'm there to help you. I'm there to support you. I'm there to motivate you. I'm there to cheer you on when, what, with whatever you happen to be doing. And I think, I think a lot of it falls back on how amazing our staff is at the virtual school. Like we have an amazing staff at the virtual school and the fact that we can work together and we can collaborate on things, you know, we're always throwing ideas out to each other or talking about issues that we're encountering, working together to to solve those, working together to enrich the experience for our students. And yeah, so I think I think it's a very collaborative approach like like Jeff has mentioned that you know, we just do what we can together to make it the best it can be. I, 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 collaborative coach and I, I I guess like in I like that you mentioned it too Jeff like and Charmaine you mentioned it. you both have like you're both still teaching too so there is a little bit of that like shared um, shared struggle I guess that helps build those relationships with your staff as well too but uh, in terms of like the virtual school like 
the locations of the staff is diverse too. Like, like you have some in Moss Bank and Assiniboia and Moose, like obviously Moose as well. But uh, like Brennan Peterson, you mentioned he's out in Central Butte, right? Like, yep. um, how how is that? I guess like navigating that. I, I'm sure both of you would say like it's a tremendous asset to your staff because you get this wonderful diversity. But like, um, are there any like places that I missed? Like that are other other locations that some of our virtual school teachers that are teaching and stuff as well? Yeah, some of our elementary teachers, like a couple of them are, are in Moose Jaw, and then uh, we've got Krista Elder just moved out to Thompson Lake, so she's got okay. a, a place out there now, and Lisa Coolidge lives uh, actually out in Wolseley, so Wolseley. she okay. was Regina and kind of moved moved even a little bit further away, but, okay. <laughs> but is still able to stay connected to Prairie South and teach for our school, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I yeah, I, I just think like that, that's one of the things that when we, like when I considered and when, uh, when Jeff had talked to me about virtual school back at the start of last year, I was talking about like the flexibility that virtual school offers. And when you think of it from that end, and if it is somebody that's interested in pursuing virtual school, like it really is like wherever you're at, as long as you got an internet connection, um, it's something that you could get involved with and, and contribute to if there was the, the availability there. Right. So. Yeah, well, exactly. And, and our school division is diverse, right? We're, we're based all over the place. And, and so it works out really well when, you know, if I'm teaching in, um, in Central Butte, for example, and I want to stay within my subject area. And, and, and that's one of the things that our rural schools are faced with is that, you know, our rural school teachers are teaching a variety of subjects, a variety of grade levels, oftentimes split classes. And so if I can say to a teacher in your subject area, how about you teach more of your subject area and less split classes and less you know, multi-grade, you know, and, and they're like, yes, count me in. And we provide, so, so that frees up that staff, staff member at their school to do more of what they enjoy, to be that expert, to be that, that subject facilitator for the entire division, not just for their school. They can provide that level of service to everybody in the division. And I think that's, that's one thing we can, you know, pick teachers with their strengths and regardless of where they're at, uh, get them involved tech on the technology end to connect with students throughout the division. And um, it provides a, a large amount of flexibility for them. And, and that's one thing I know for myself, uh, that's a key aspect to my job is that flexibility piece. So if I need to drive down to Cornac to meet with my power engineering kids, or if I need to meet with Al Wandler in Assiniboia, he usually phones me. I'm, when I'm expecting the next call any minute now, but uh, <laughs> I saw your fold light up earlier. Sorry, that's him. That's him. Um, but you know, like if I have to meet with staff, and I like to to do as much as possible, meet with them throughout the year uh, to to touch base and, and keep that um, keep that community of growth growing within the virtual school. But to just sit down and ask them how it's going, and you know, it's it's there, like they're based throughout throughout the division. And I think that's one of the key aspects is that we have teachers that teach face to face. Um, at the high school level that are online. And I think that's a really important thing. A lot of virtual schools don't do that. They want their teachers to teach 100% online. Um, and I think we run the risk of, you know, losing connection um, to students. Uh, having that face-to-face piece is really important, I think, as a classroom teacher. And, and bringing that experience online just benefits your course. It, it just, you know, the pacing of your course, the understanding of where students are struggling on certain concepts, you really pick that up in a classroom. And, and then you can take those experiences and bring them online. So, you know, we've got a lot of, <clears throat> we have a lot of staff that live in Moose Jaw. And so their schedules are supplemented 
with the flexibility of online classes, but we also located throughout the division. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, I, um, oh man, I lost my train of thought there. Uh, the, We'll see. I'm going to give it, give me two seconds. I'm going to wait for it to come back. Uh, you know what? I, maybe I'll ask this. Um, is it kind of like in thinking of the administrative thing, um, have, have there been without specifics because confidentiality and stuff, but how do you, how do you navigate those difficult conversations with teachers or with uh, parents or et cetera as, as an administrator? What's kind of your goal? And that's, I, I said it when I, when we, when, when I met with Ryan before that, like, I don't envy anybody in a leadership role in the past couple of years dealing with COVID and stuff. Cause it's been tough and stressful for everyone. And I guess like, I, I have no doubt that Charmaine, albeit limited, like you've probably had some tough conversations with teachers, staff, parents, etc. cetera. Um, how, what, what's kind of some governing pieces, I guess, to that for navigating it uh, for either of you? Sorry, that one's off the script too. So I don't know. I, I, I guess like to give you time to think if that helps too. Like in, in my head, like you're both very personable and like, um, I'm going to use the word disarming. I don't know. Like I always feel very like comfortable when I'm around you. So I don't know if that's part of like the, the approach uh, associated with it or yeah, I don't know. I'll open it up now. Um, you know, difficult conversations is part of the job. Uh, luckily I don't have to deal with that a whole lot. Um, because uh, the people that I deal with, um, whether it's staff, whether it's parents, typically the adults are the difficult conversation to, to have. Uh, students, that's just part and parcel. Um, we have conversations all the time, get working, you know, you pick up the pace, uh, study harder, Bitter you know, those types, yeah, yeah. those types of conversations. But you know, when it comes to adults, uh, I just, I'm straightforward. This is, I'm not going to beat around the bush. This is what, if there's an issue, this is an issue that we're having. What are your thoughts on this? Um, you know, again, I always try to, regardless of the situation, I always take the high road on everything. I try not to assume anything. Um, I ask a lot of questions. Um, I think about my responses. Um, I, I just consider all the options and consequences of, of the resulting conversation. And I think it's just best to be straightforward and uh, share my ideas and, and just get things resolved. And, you know, typically it's just really based on, on the things that we've always talked about, you know, the communication of how we're dealing with students and parents, um, the running of our classes, the expectations. And we have high expectations of our staff. We, we um, are very flexible, but with flexibility comes a lot of expectations around communication. So, you know, our staff are communicating with students in the evenings, on weekends and holidays uh, to try to keep them working within reason. We also have boundaries, but, uh, you know, we also have that high level of flexibility. So the first thing in, in the morning when I wake up, I'm on my computer, I'm answering emails, trying to catch up from the night before. So I've got students that are emailing me or texting me in the middle of the night while they're working. So I'm trying to get on top of that and, and answer them as well as staff and parents in certain cases. So returning calls at all the time. So I just don't work within a confined time on the communication piece. So, and again, it's all within respectful boundaries because we all, we all have to recognize that even though the virtual school is super flexible, that we're professionals and we also have a family life. So we need to, you know, uh, protect our mental wellness and set boundaries where there's expectations for, for, for certain things. Cause we get it all, you know, we get, um, 
you know, can I write my test at nine o'clock at night or, you know, you know, December 24th is a good time that I need to write that exam or can you, can we meet? Um, You know, so we get questions like that all the time and that's fine because, you know, we provide a service that is very flexible, but that being said, we also have boundaries because we're all humans and and we have a life too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You can't flex yourself into working six in the morning until 10 at night and stuff. You got to have something set up there. So yeah, you do, you have to protect yourself. And you know, as teachers, we're very giving and we want our students to be successful and our families to be supportive. But there is also times where we have to look after ourselves because nobody else is going to say, Oh, you're working too hard. You know, you, (laughs) you know, so you, you need to put those boundaries in place, take time for yourself, shut off your phone, turn off the email and just have some downtime. It's, it's just better for everybody. Bottle up with the cat. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And circling back to kind of the having the tough conversations, I think part of it is just understanding what is going on in their world. So, you know, sometimes there are issues that are coming up because of a result of something else. So kind of getting to understand the root of the issue. Uh, And then I always try to stay very solution focused. And I always, always tell families like, you know, I'm here to do what's best for the student. So as soon as, as soon as you kind of get on the same page on that, you know, every, every parent wants what's best for their child. Every teacher wants what's best for their student. So kind of focusing in on that, Kate, what can we do to, to resolve this for the betterment of the student and kind of staying, yeah, very solution focused, I think helps kind of navigate through those tough conversations. Right. Yeah. And I, I guess, and this is me like having a, I would say like, obviously still working with parents a fair amount, but like to that honesty piece and as well as getting on the same page, like to my understanding, those are two very key things that do like, um, not every parent has had a positive school experience that like getting that straightforward response or like actually like having that, um, I don't know, stepping back piece, like, hey, remember we're on the same page, we're both concerned about, I'm gonna use my name, but like we're both concerned about little Logan doing well in your class sort of thing. And it really is like, that helps bring everybody back down together too. So I, I like that you both mentioned those things. I think they, they're wonderful strategies, so. Um, I remember the other thing now, Jeff, um, and it was when you were talking about some of the teachers like still being in the classroom as well. And I guess from a, uh, like at first when I heard it, I was wondering like, oh, I wonder if, um, I'm trying to think who I'm going to name. We're going to go with uh, like Evan Hansen out in Chaplin. I wonder if there is a teacher at that school that's working in Prairie South that's like, ah, crap, I now it's, I, I, I'm losing one less teacher. But I guess in theory, it's almost an opportunity that like with that extra staff time now, you actually get more bodies in the school, which maybe is more opportunities for student connection. Is that? Uh, uh, schools benefit highly from the virtual school staff. So if, a, if typically, you know, they're working for us for part-time, but they're in the school contributing 100%. Right, yeah. And, and so the school really benefits because they're getting that whatever portion, if we're pulling a staff out, they're going to get replacement for that teacher. And um, it keeps them there, right? And it, um, the staff is still contributing. They're still at staff meetings. They're still coaches. They're still volunteering, um, and, and all those things that the teachers do on a day-to-day basis that is not defined as part of their job, but it keeps the school running right. and, and, and that's essential to a school. And so it, it works really well for them. Um, because yeah, there's, there's things obviously working online that we don't do that you would do in a regular school. So. Okay. Okay. Um, 
So coming back, we, we did a little bit of like learning for everybody in terms of the synchronous versus asynchronous. We mentioned some learning management systems. Charmaine, you said you're using Google Classroom. Is that your favorite one? That is definitely my favorite. Okay. I am very pro Google everything. I love Google products. I love the Google for Education, like the G Suite. Um, yeah, so Google Classroom is my preferred platform. Okay. I find it very, very user-friendly from both a teacher and student perspective. And I love that I can you know, get in and see what students are working on, even if they haven't submitted an assignment. So I can kind of see their progress throughout, whether they've actually clicked turn in or not, and Got kind it. of monitor that way. And it really allows for a lot of collaboration too on their end, because all of the, the Google programs, like Google Docs and things, you can easily share with one another and be working on the same document. Okay, and I guess to be clear, like we are public educators, so like Charmaine is not contracted by Google <laughs> to say any of this stuff, so we're good. Um, throwing it over to you, Jeff, you, the Moodle, is that the, yeah, you know, we've, we, so we use different platforms, but I don't think any platform does anything 100%, right? So it's about the integration of products. It's about what's the best solution for that level of learner. And as a students, you know, go from grade one to 12, you can understand that their level of independence also increases. So as they're growing in their independent learning skills, they can start utilizing different pieces of software um, that suits that level of learning. And, you know, luckily in our school division, we have a great IT team and we have our email system, whether it's Microsoft or tied in with G Suite. Uh, we have our permissions set up so we can do all of these wonderful things. We can have a Moodle server in our division, fully supported, by David. Um, Mark is handling our email systems. We've got our team of, of network people out there that like it's this rock solid um, team that makes us, uh, you know, allows us to do what we need to do on the technology side and supports our students to be in a safe environment to be, um, you know, we can lock down Zoom, we can lock down Moodle. Um, it's, it's just a, a great learning environment. We're very lucky here in Prairie South to have not all divisions have this. Um, in fact, it's very rare for a school division to host its own Moodle server. I don't know really anybody out there that does this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I like that as an, I, I like some of the names, like, uh, the, who all do we got in the IT? Just because I, I, I really do like unsung heroes. Like that it really makes everything go in the division, but like there's Mark Dunn and there's Jason Brett and Cole. I don't remember Cole's last name, but Cole's fresh to it too. Yeah. Network guy. Okay. Yep. And we had Jason Froats before as well. Um, who else am I missing? I guess this is the test that like, Oh no, do we forget somebody? Maybe this was a mistake for me to like go down the road a bit, but, um, I shout out to y'all IT because like it, it really is like um, to, to Jeff's point too. And I didn't know that about us being the only ones who are actually hosting, uh, hosting the servers and stuff as well. But um, yeah, most school divisions will, will pay for that service f through uh, somebody else. Right. Like they'll have a hosting company. Yeah. So uh, IT team on behalf of this, everyone has said, we love you. Um, <laughs> thank you for doing what you do for all of us. So, um, okay. So, uh, we're, we're getting close to almost being done some questions here. So, um, what I, what I want to ask in terms of, and I guess both of you have that experience of in classroom as well. What's something that's a big difference between in classroom versus virtual school that would be, what's something you wish everybody could know about virtual school, I guess, or would like make people understand virtual school a little bit better given your experience in class or in person versus uh, virtual now. I find virtual, um, 
I actually hear from all of the students' voices all the time, which isn't something that I could do in an in-person class because in a physical classroom, you know, you throw out a, a question and there's kids that are participating and they're discussing, but you don't get a chance to hear from every single student that's sitting in your room where in a virtual classroom, I still have the same, you know, there's kind of a core group that will, will discuss things um, verbally, but because there's this chat box feature, even students who are just a little bit more quiet or are a little bit more reserved, maybe aren't as confident, they can still be sending me ideas or answers or suggestions through the chat box. So I actually find that I hear from individuals way more in a virtual setting than I did in a physical classroom. Okay. But on the flip side of that, I also find that it's a little bit different in terms of getting to know students because in a physical classroom, I can have little side conversations here and there. And in a virtual classroom, unless you're pulling students out into a breakout room or typing, you don't have that same kind of quick little side chat. Right. Yeah, and I, I guess, like, and I, I'm thinking of that, too. Like, I think uh, you mentioned, like, in a regular class, and there's those dominant voices that exist that regular, and I would have been one of those kids back in the day that would have been, like, like the regular in-classroom worked for me, and that isn't the case. And, like, when I think of some of my buddies who are, like, high school wasn't as much of a good fit for them, but they're, like, wonderfully, like, tech literate, um, that, like, this environment really does give them a voice because people like me... <laughs> Like, big, boisterous people like me are ones that, like, stifle some of those other learners in the classroom that I, yeah, I totally agree that it really does give an opportunity for a voice for some of these students. So I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm Um, the exact opposite. I would have been the one in class that's like, I'll just wait till there's some silence and then maybe I'll contribute. (laughs) I wouldn't have given you any. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Sorry. And Jeff, over to you. Um, Well, as Charmaine mentioned, that's totally... Uh, that's one of the things I picked up on dealing with online and incorporating it when back when I was in the classroom and utilizing online tools is I was having conversations with students that would never say anything in class. And so I had, I, I developed more of a relationship with my students and, you know, I found out about what they were doing after school. You know, they were involved in some sporting event. They were doing this type of job. Um, something was going on in their lives. We had chats about. And so it was it was a great tool to fit into to a regular classroom. And, you know, and that's one of the struggles is on the high school level being asynchronous is that we don't have a lot of spaces or opportunities for students to collaborate together because they're all on their individual tracks. They've started at different times. They're advancing at different rates. And so for students to work on a project together is almost near impossible unless they're from the same school and they're following the same pace. And so the relationships that we have on the virtual side at the high school level is based on a one-to-one relationship, typically teacher to student. And it's, it's fantastic. Like a lot of our students will be emailing questions and, and talking about what they're doing. And, and so there's always a little bit of a personal side to our discussions and, and you get to learn about the student before they move on. Um, And so that's, that's one of the cool things about online learning. But one of the challenges is um, probably the biggest thing that students, biggest challenge in them, and probably one of the biggest skill sets is, is the independent learning. Um, and that will probably be the one of the biggest things between a classroom and online. Students really have to be independent learners if they're going to be successful. And we all are at different levels. And we can provide different levels of support at the school level or at home. Um, 
different prompts to get students working. And certain students will just thrive in the online environment. They just go and they get the course done. I've like, we're probably have a hundred students that are done their courses in semester one before Christmas. And, and so, you know, they don't need to be following a timeline of a regular classroom. They're flying and now are they're onto starting another class. And so they're ahead of the game. And we have other students that they're not there, right? They're behind. And so they're struggling to catch up and to be on track. But at the end of the day, 10 years from now, they're going to look back at this and they're going to say, they they might not remember the subject area. They might not remember the content, probably not, but the, the learning skills that they've developed, They've realized, hey, I can't procrastinate. I've got to set a schedule. I've got to write things down. I've got to keep keep a calendar. I've got to focus on what's in front of me this week. Get things done. They're going to develop those skills, and those skills will stick with them. Right, and yeah. I like that. Like, uh, like in term philosophically again, like school is the place ideally where those skills can develop at like lower risk than post-secondary, if that makes sense. Like, so if someone is taking an online course through virtual school and, like, it isn't going super well taking Physics 30 online or something like that and they're still planning on going to post-secondary next year and there is an opportunity for online courses there, there is that learning there where, well, they may not remember anything from physics. Um, There may be the lesson that, like, hey, like, you know what? If I'm going to be successful with this, I need to make the list of things to help me be successful or maybe I need to do in-person learning because it didn't work as well for me. So, yeah. I, I like that that emphasis there too, because yeah, there there is uh, skills that I think we um, I don't know may not necessarily th- like explicitly teach in the regular in school environment that preps uh, prep students for for that online aspect that is very present in post secondary as well. So yeah, um, so and you kind of you, you mentioned ten years from now remembering stuff, and Jeff, you you've mentioned retirement looming on the horizon, but to re- to direct to both you so. Charmaine, what is like is is what what's the the future? I guess with your in terms of like uh, working with virtual school and educational technology, what are you what are you hoping to be able to say ten years from now, five years from now? But yeah, what 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 are the directions for Charmaine going forward? Yeah, well, I'm hoping to work in the virtual school as long as possible because <laughs> this is this is me to a T. This is my strengths over and over again. Uh, but kind of, you know, as, as time goes on, I, I always hope that I can just be proud of things that have happened. I don't want to ever look back and regret things. I want to be able to look back and say, you know, I'm really proud of that. Yeah, there was probably some mistakes along the way. Well, there has been and will continue to be mistakes along the way. But as long as you can keep learning from them and growing from them and still be proud at the end of the day, I think you've been successful. Okay. Okay. Jeff, what what's the magic number? Is it like seven hundred five, uh, seven hundred fifty two days left? Or? Oh, you know, you know, we've always. I don't. I'm not. I'm not doing a countdown. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've worked with staff that have done the countdown, and I am not doing it. You know, and the the reason is is that I I really enjoy what I'm doing, and I could do it for you know ten more years. That that would be no problem at all. Um, but you know, being my age and seeing the things that I've seen, and colleagues that have. <laughs> That have retired and gone on to do other things. You know, I've realized that life is way too short to work your entire life. And when you have the opportunity to retire and, you know, um, I'm not going to say do the things I've always dreamt of because I'm doing the things that I've dreamt of right now because I I do know life is short. And and, uh, when I retire, maybe I'll have some more times. The house is going to be way cleaner and the cats (laughs) are going to get played with a lot more. So, you know, those types of things that you'd be able to do. and I've got other interests in other areas that I can explore as well. So I'll, I, I'll never not work. I've, 
I've never been in a position where I've never not worked. So there'll, there'll be something that I'll do, whether it's volunteering my time at for skills more or, you know, doing some other type of job. But, uh, you know, when the, when the career ends, it'll be, it'll be time to, to move on and, and, uh, just do a shift of something. Right. Yeah. I, I was really hoping that, uh, like, you could go a little more grizzled with your, when you've seen what I've seen, you've <laughs> been yep. around as long as I have. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, and I I got a little, like, uh, uh, tingly there when you mentioned that, too. And, like, both of you, um, so passionate about what you're doing and stuff, and I love that you both, like, say, like, you're right doing what you're doing. And, like, it's a voice that sometimes I don't think we always necessarily hear is, like, at, at the very least, speaking for us three in here, like, we all love education. Even if you didn't want to get involved with it in the yeah. first place, yeah. you ended up in it and stuff. But, like, it really, like, it's it's not a thing I regularly hear from other people in different things that, like, I sometimes forget that I get paid to do to do this. And that's speaking a little bit maybe from privilege that, like, still making enough that I can I can say that sort of thing. But, like, it, it certainly is something really cool to hear from both of you that, like, and Jeff, not to, like, throw, like, but when you've been at it this long and you still feel that way, that's awesome. And, like, Charmaine, to hear your passion for it as well, it really is inspiring and, and lovely to hear. So, um, and I guess, like, in terms of legacy to throw that to that, too, and we're going to get into the lightning round here right away, but I, I want to point out, too, like, um, really, like, a, the, the biggest thing to me that's, like, so wonderful about virtual school is, like, access. And access to education is something that when you look at it, like, on the big scale of things, like, there's lots of people who don't have access to education. Virtual school really is a pathway to allow for that access. And, Jeff, you kind of mentioned how, like, there's students who are in particular rural settings that just don't have that access to certain courses that are made available with virtual school, too. And with Jeff, with you, like literally getting Prairie South virtual school in the first place and Charmaine, your leadership in getting elementary school up and running. Like, I really do want to emphasize, like, like, thank you. And like, there is families that very much are, their students are still accessing education because of the work that both of you have done where otherwise that may not have been possible. So I, not on behalf of them, but like to put into context, like actually how cool that, what you've helped create is for those families. I think it's, it's wonderful. So, so thank you on that front. Um, Lightning round, segueing into that, if that's okay. I we need a, some sort of like lightning bolt sound effect, but we'll go back and forth, um, and I'll, I'll try to hammer through it. I already have an idea of what Jeff's might answer might be for the first. I know what your af- first afternoon beverage of the day was today in terms of an energy drink, but yeah. So we'll go back and forth. I think we'll we'll default to Charmaine first, Jeff second, and we'll try to hammer through questions as quick as we can if we're good. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Uh, coffee, tea, what's your first beverage of the day? Definitely coffee. Coffee. Black coffee. Black coffee. Charmaine, cream, sugar? Cream with a little bit of protein powder. Okay, protein powder. All right. You're, okay, I've heard that from other people before. Okay. Uh, favorite subject when you were in school? Science. Science. Nice. Physics. Let's go. <laughs> Finally, some science lovers on here. Sweet. Okay, su- subject you struggled most with in school? Oh, math, 100%. Okay. Okay. Grade 9 French, 54 I remember that number. (laughs) Mrs. Winjack taught me that class. (laughs) Probably did not like me very much, but. (laughs) Miss Winjack, shout out. Okay, I like it. Okay. This was already mentioned, but uh, 
Elementary school and high school. What was the name of your elementary school and high school? <laughs> I grew up in a small town, so it was one school, Eston Composite School. Okay. <laughs> and I grew up in Hudson Bay, so we went to Stuart Hawk in elementary. Uh, I was the Milliers up to f- four to seven, and then uh, Hudson Bay Composite High School in grade 12 uh, high school. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, desktop, laptop, or tablet? What's your go-to? Laptop. Laptop. Laptop, laptop. Need that portability. I get it. Okay. Um Favorite ed tech tool, and it can't be Google Classroom. It has to be something more specific, Charmaine. Oh, do I have to pick just one? Yeah, you can, you can do a little buffet. Can I ramble like three? Yep, yep. Probably like, uh, probably Nearpod, Gizmos, and Classcraft. Nearmo, Nearpod, Gizmos, and Classcraft. Okay, Jeff? Uh, I like the Google Suite um, of all the sharing resources to share. Um, Moodle, of course, and... Gizmos is a big one. Gizmos, okay. Yeah. And Gizmos, just like, so this is a pause to the lightning round, I guess, right now. But Gizmos is that, like, science and math virtual lab uh, thing. You need a little bit of a membership, but it still is something that's very interactive that students can access. comes with some lesson plans and resources available. So Prairie South teachers, if you are wanting to access Gizmos, we do have contracts and uh, some sort of licensing with them. So there we go. Working that in quick. Okay. Uh, favorite hobby? Uh, gardening. Gardening. Uh, scuba. Scuba diving. Um, favorite show currently? Ooh, I'm really into Blown Away, the like glass blowing competition on Netflix. Okay, it's interesting. <laughs> I, I see a little bit of like almost insecurity as you said. Like it, <laughs> like it, it sounds really nerdy, but okay. I like it. Okay. And uh, the Wheel of Time on Amazon. Ooh. I've heard good things. Okay, all right. Um, I, I, you know, what? I'll come back to this. Flashback to your school days. What was your go-to extra cur? Well, I was involved in like everything, but. I don't know, like volleyball, curling, those are probably my go-to school sports. Drama was a big extracurricular, and then outside of school, like a da- like dance. Yes, right. Okay. Yeah, uh, football and basketball. Uh, we we did everything too. Played volleyball, um, badminton, curling, but uh, football and basketball were my two sports. Big two. Okay. Um, favorite book. Can I give it authors? Sure. I don't know if sure, I have no, a favorite yeah, book. Yeah. My favorite authors are very polar opposites because I really love Stephen King novels. And I also love Sophie Kinsella novels, which are like very like cheesy to like very dark okay. with Stephen okay. King. So, yeah, yeah, I like science fiction fantasy books. So Tolkien was one, probably the first book I read, uh, uh, The Hobbit, and that got me into it. And it's just been a runaway since. Um, just rereading the series The Wheel of Time because of Amazon. So okay. I enjoy all those series. Uh, Isaac Asimov at all in there? Yeah. Okay, good. Have yep. you caught the founda- or foundation on Apple yet? Apple Plus? No. Okay. No. All right. My dad <laughs> says it doesn't hold up with what the original story is. But I, if I, I, Asimov, shout out to him there too. I wanted to work that in. Um, okay. Uh, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Ooh, I have a good one. Mine, <laughs> mine, I used to play this game with the, my, with the students all the time, so I always have a good answer. Um, my superpower would be to be able to, like, touch, like, just, like, touch, like, a shoulder or something of someone and absorb pain that they're feeling. Wow, okay, very selfless of you. Wow. My superpower <laughs> is lame compared to that. I, I'd love to fly. Yeah. Um, I, that would be my superpower, flight. Yeah, I think that's my pick, too. Okay. Um, what window seat or aisle seat on a plane when we flew on planes more regularly? Window. Window? Aisle. Aisle. Okay. All right. Well, then you can travel together. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, sweet or salty snacks? Uh, 
Sweet. Sweet. Salty. Salty. Okay, go to sweet. Uh, Swedish berries. Swedish berries. Ketchup chips. Lays? Yep. That's 100%. All right. Okay. Um, Top song on your playlist right now. Probably Michael Bublé Christmas album. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I do host Ramstein. <laughs> nice. Okay. That was like, okay, cool. All right. Um, a, little, a little opposite on the <laughs> playlist, but hey, I'm all into like everything. Probably like, do. Yeah, Hoss. that's right. Do Hoss. Okay, all right. Cool. That's some hardcore. I like it. <laughs> okay. um, first job ever. Uh, well, aside from babysitting, it was assistant dance teacher. At the, at the, okay. Yeah, babysitting and then shoveling dirt for 10 hours a day. Okay. Dirt shoveling. Okay. All yep. right. I sure there's that. some sort of like teacher metaphor in there that it's like comparable, <laughs> but yeah. Um, okay. Uh, first cell phone. My own cell phone was like a Samsung flip phone, but I do remember when our family got the like plug-in bag cell phone. That was like a big deal because we could like call mom and dad when they were out in the field. Okay. Well, my... In terms of portable device, I, it wasn't as quite a cell phone, but I, I did have the Palm Pilot. Okay. I wore that on my belt. I felt very important. And, and But then the flip phones came out, and I was all over the flip phone. That was great. Okay. I got visions of oh. light from the office with the beeper on there, whatever it is. Actually, you know, before before the flip phone, I had the BlackBerry. And I really liked that. I, I think that was the first phone I had was BlackBerry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. BBM. Okay. Um, okay, what else do I got? I got favorite food. Shrimp. Shrimp, okay. Steak. Steak, okay. Classy, both of you, okay. <laughs> um, I will go, uh, we're going to say, what's something you regularly have to work on as an individual? Mine would be negative self-talk. I'm very okay. negative in my head, even though I'm very positive to other people. Okay. <laughs> well, I keep saying I'm going to go to the gym. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, every day I wake up thinking, yeah, I got to do something. But by the end of the day, I'm still at my computer. I still haven't moved. I'm um, still looking at the treadmill, and my son comes home and says, Dad, when are you joining the gym? So one of these days, i got to get back there. Okay. <laughs> Jay's been putting in the time, though, I know. He, yeah. Yeah, he what, wants me to what, join Snap Fitness okay. and I'll work with him. I'll go with you, Jeff. Charmaine went there. <laughs> I, still yeah, goes there I used too, to go so there, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, and last one, we're going to go. Um, favorite thing about uh, working with kids? Teaching, education. Like so that's much. why we're finishing <laughs> it on like uh yeah uh my favorite thing is probably just like watching that light bulb turn on like like even through a computer screen you can just see it happen when something just clicks and makes sense or you just open up like a perspective that they had never once considered before and you just like watch that door open in their mind that's probably one of my favorites okay yeah, when I was, for sure, when I was teaching face-to-face, that was probably my key thing. Now it's, it's really um, looking at my students' way that they, they problem-solve. So there's solutions to programming, uh, questions that I give to them. There's a there's hundred ways of doing it. And every year I'm surprised at some of the solutions my students come up with. So I, I'm all about looking at their code and looking at the elegance of their code. Okay, okay, all right. Okay, I, th- that was a good lightning round. Appreciate it. Thank you both. Um, what is there anything else that uh, that you'd like to share that maybe we didn't cover? Anything you want to shout out? I guess like I have in here, and Jeff, I know um, Shelly would uh, 
be happy that I'm saying this too, but like scraps, Mooshaw Humane Society, if you're thinking of a Christmas gift this year, make a donation to one of those local uh, supporting cats in your community. Um, but yeah, is there anything else that uh, it showed up? Is there an ed tech? No ed tech stuff coming up on the horizon anytime uh, soon? Not yet. We've got we've got some undercover plans in the works, but nothing nothing official to announce yet. Okay. Okay. All yeah. right. No, it's all good. Yeah. All good. Okay. Yep. Um, okay. Um, well, I think uh, I think with that in mind, then I, I will I will just say thank you both very much for coming in, uh, taking time out of your schedule. As I say that, I see uh, Jeff's phone light up again. So Al, just be patient. He's gonna get to you right quick. Um, I feel like I said like I, I did say it before, but once again, like um, it be very proud of what you both uh, constructed and what you offer to uh, elementary students. Or, sorry, elementary and high school students across Prairie South, and I guess beyond that too, because it really is something. When I say access, like it's it's so important that some that students get access to education. It really does open up the versatility that uh, Prairie South specifically provides. So so thank you, and I guess additionally, like thank you for being so easy to talk to. You're both like you're wonderful administrators, and like I said, like you're everybody says it, but. Um, so easy to talk to, so kind, so friendly. Really interesting that you say the negative self-talk thing you're never start because I was like, what? Like, and you're also going to, like, your superpowers taking on stuff from people and stuff, too? Like, what are you going to do with it when it's in there? But, um, I, yeah, I can't, I can't emphasize that. Like, both both wonderful educators, and it, I, I think people are going to love to hear uh, your passion for it. So, so thank you very much. Well, thank you, Logan. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Okay, so I hope you liked that interview. Um, obviously, we talked a lot about online learning there with virtual school, but it, it really is like it, it's complex and it's different. Um, like building community and relationships, obviously, we talked about between students and with our students, um, but even connecting with others and family. Like there's maybe more of an emphasis placed on email and communication that way when, when I look at it or consider it at the high school level, as we kind of heard in there. But um, a lot of that translates to the to in-person learning too, and there's a lot of uh, digital literacy skills that can uh, can be valuable for, for students to uh, gain from that. Um, but we we touched on it in the interview in the interview, but I really want to emphasize one more time the the role that IT our IT department plays in supporting this. So we didn't list the whole IT squad, but to to throw in a couple more name drop: VJ, uh, Glenn, Jared, David, um, all the work the entire IT department does thank you we appreciate you um but specifically like thinking of virtual school specifically but it really it, it connects to everywhere in the division like we the the only reason everything works as it does is because we got internet access and that's all set up based on the the drives and networks and everything that helps make the whole division click so thank you um for both jeff and charmaine um we, part of the, the wind-down stuff was talking about educational technology, and there's some different tools and stuff associated that they like. Uh, but most of these can be applied to your face-to-face -face classrooms as well if you're if you're someone in a face-to-face -face classroom. So Jeff was all about the G Suite. That's me kind of yawning there, sorry. Um, but the G Suite's all of Google's apps like Slides, uh, Google Slides, which is like the Google PowerPoint, uh, Google Drive, which you can house all your files on, uh, Google Docs. I don't know a bunch of teachers now that use Google Classroom as well, but for me, like um, I'm a big G Suite person. I really like all of them. I like being able to access my any of my documents and stuff from my device wherever I'm at. So, um, and it kind of makes it easier to share with other teachers and students and stuff too. So that they, if you don't know anything about it, like I'll, I'll mention this in the later on, like access uh, access some of us to help you out, get you get you all set up on it. Um, Charmaine mentioned Nearpod. Basically, what that does, like if you have a PowerPoint or Google slide. 
apparently you can, I haven't I haven't used it so this is me um, talking from the outside in but you can um, <clears throat> basically make any of your PowerPoints or Google slides like you can work in collaboration boards that people can all contribute to you can work in quizzes into it or polls um, so yeah so there's some uh, little edtech tools for you to explore if you'd like but I'll, I'll throw out a couple more out at you later um, we didn't really explicitly discuss flipped or blended learning um, but this is uh, there's a lot of ideas that are associated with like distance learning and virtual learning now that um, as a result of learning online, you kind of have to sometimes flip that traditional model of um, you know students come come into class and get introduced to content in class and they they struggle with it and learn about it and etc. And the teacher helps facilitate that learning process. But um, there's other different things that are associated with distance learning, like flipped and blended learning, where maybe instead um, like with virtual learning, or it can even happen in person learning too, but um, where students learn about stuff ahead of time. It's like, hey, learn about this. And then when you come in, that's your place to kind of collaborate and work with one another, have it facilitated. And then you go back and you pick something else to learn independently using online resources and you bring it back to class. Um, and like different ways to think about it. And I, I mentioned blended learning as well as like there's, there's different uh, educational institutions now that will use that where it's you meet face-to-face -face sometimes, then you work in some online work collaboration sometimes, and I don't know, maybe if you're using something like Google Classroom, um, you can you can work in that as kind of part of your component because it does enhance some digital literacy skills, and it helps teach kids and uh, even us, uh, us adults, um, how to make use of technology and online learning in, in meaningful ways and kind of develop our skill sets too. So I think sometimes there's maybe an assumption that uh, kids slash some of us um, know more than we actually maybe do in practice about interacting online. Mm -hmm. um, that it, yeah, working it into our classroom learning and stuff like that can be valuable too. So, um, so some suggested resources in learning. Um, the learning department specifically has offered some professional development for uh, ed tech tools in the past. Um, so if you are wanting to access some of the resources that were created from that or even wanting to access the PD, I'm sure if you reach out to Jen Chan, myself, Leah Shetter, or Miranda Sonmore, um, we can we can get you some access to some videos. Most of the big ed tech tool companies, products, apps um, have helper stuff available, but we also created some stuff um, when we all got sent home for some distance learning once upon a time ago. Um, but like if you're thinking about using Seesaw or Google Classroom or wanting to use Zoom or Screencastify to create a video to explain some stuff to your students or Maybe you want to use Edpuzzle to make a quiz out of a YouTube video you really liked for your students to access wherever they want and fill out those questions and confirm that they understood it. Yeah, give us a, give us a shout and we'd be happy to happy to help you out. And as well, of course, like the the Prairie South Schools Resource Bank that's on Connect under Learning. Uh, if you're a Prairie South staff member, um, be sure to look on there because there's a bunch of uh, digital tools that you can access on there too. And I think the WCLN was something else that we could uh, that you could explore if you needed some online resources. Not necessarily ed tech tools, but tools available or resources available to you online as well. Um, <clears throat> if you're if you're someone listening and you're wanting to register or check out more information about virtual school, um, if you just go virtualschool.prairiesouth.ca, that should take you to the main page of virtual school. Um, there's two different ones. There's the one that'll take you to the Moodle. There's the one that'll take you to kind of like the registration page. Learn more at the registration page, which is the one I just mentioned. Uh, but if you do have any other questions too, um, be sure to hit me up. Uh, Petlak.logan, P-E-T-L-A-K dot L-O-G-A-N at prairiesouth.ca. 
And uh, while you're at it, if you're hitting me up for any information about virtual school or some other ed tech resources, hit me up with some feedback or cool things happening in your school community that you'd like me to share here. Um, I know Charmaine mentioned there was some, uh, on occasion, some like get together, bake sale maybe type stuff to help build that community across a virtual school. And I'm sure there's a bunch of other stuff happening like that in your schools across the division here too. So your wellness highlight for the week. Um, I would encourage you to make a conscious effort to be thankful and appreciative of the people in your life. So throw some genuine compliments at family members, build each other up. Um, holiday season could be tough for some people, friends and family. So take some time, unwind, uh, maybe turn off the whole phone for a bit or turn off the notifications for a little bit and just enjoy the pleasure of the company of those that are closest to you. Okay. Um, while you're at, I say turn off your device, but my reflective question for you or something to go forward with is how, how do you currently incorporate educational technology into your daily life right now? So if, you, if you're working with students or with other adults or other people, uh, what are some ways you can support them um, with where they're at with learning about educational technology? So as an example, don't just make fun of your mom for not knowing exactly how Google Drive works to view pictures of her grandson. You can coach her up on it, be patient with her. She's a learner too. You hear that, Cheryl? My mom. We're going to work on it over the holidays. I got you, mama. Okay. Um, so yeah, there you go. One more time, that question. So how, how do you incorporate it into your daily lives? And if you're working on it with other people, what's some ways that you can support getting them there and learning more about educational technology? Um, yeah, that, that's it. That concludes episode four. Um, I hope you enjoyed the interview. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I don't think I need to mention my contact information. You know where to get at me, but Twitter at Mr. L Petlock, you can get that. Um, be sure to subscribe, like, or share. Uh, of course, if you enjoyed it, you know, like, subscribe, and share away. Um, you know, add it, add it to your story on Facebook or the gram. That's Instagram. Then throw in a hashtag learning together. Uh, hashtag Logan Petlack is great. And hashtag, hashtag jokes are probably outdated at this point. So, yeah, be better, Logan. Hashtag be better, Logan. Um, that won't trend. We're okay. I'm safe. All right. Um, acknowledgements. Uh, so Learning Together is recorded on the traditional lands referred to as Treaty 4 territory, uh, which includes the original lands of the Cree, Ojibwe, Soto, Dakota, Nakota, Lakota, and is on the homeland of the Métis Nation. At Prairie South, we respect and honor the treaties that were made on all territories. We acknowledge the harms and mistakes of the past, and we are committed to move forward in partnership with indigenous, indigenous nations in the spirit of reconciliation and collaboration. Our music is provided by my good friend, Kiana Berger. Uh, once again, thank you so much for listening and for joining us and learning together. And have a wonderful holiday. Bye-bye. <laughs>